welcome to episode 90 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We're recording on October 25th, 2020. My name's Eric. I'm the host of the show based in Southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. As a first responder, I've witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events, and I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. My name is Ian. I live on Vancouver Island. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sports shooter, and my farm's designated handyman. I'm Alan. I'm a safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd. And tonight, I'm rather incensed. <laughs> About so much. It starts already. And I'm Hughes from Nova Scotia. I'm a Canadian Armed Forces veteran, volunteer firefighter, and platoon captain, as well as a volunteer search and rescue technician and prepper. Um, I've been preaching and living the prepper lifestyle to varying degrees for the last six years or so. I'm Gavin, a volunteer first responder as well, an instructor with Ragnarok Tactical, a field officer with the CCFR, and apparently the guy that likes to trigger Alan. And overall swell guy. Yeah. <laughs> Want to help to uh, support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air? You can buy a Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt at rapidsurvival.com. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good or bad, or if there's just a topic you want us to cover, you can email us at feedback at purperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some uh, flammable content for you in this episode. Uh, we're going to start off with some preparedness-related news articles. Next, we'll let you know what we've done for our preparedness since the last episode. We're going to get into the main topic of keeping the fuel preppy. <laughs> That's possibly the least bad dad joke you've, you've peppy, had. Uh, preppy. <laughs> I'll pronounce words right eventually. Yeah, I have a little faith in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I put one article in here and then I put a few notes about how upset I am about it. Just, uh, you? just me. <laughs> the Middlesex London Health Unit is uh, making up their own safety regulations now, trying to keep everyone healthy, so quote, while keeping everyone from being healthy. Um, so as long as tobacco is legal, I can't buy that this is for, for health. And there's a, a link here to an article about some of the new um, adjustments that they made to the uh, distancing regulations and the sports-specific spe sport regulations. Uh, so apparently it's okay to play hockey uh, as long as you can keep three meters distance somehow. Uh, I've never seen a three-meter face-off, but that's just me. Um, otherwise, uh, basically every gym in the city is shut down. Every gym in the county is shut down. Um, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I am... I've, we've been we were talking about it before the show started, and, and there's no there's no logic to apply to this. Uh, I can buy tobacco and alcohol and um, processed drive-through garbage, and that's okay. But heaven forbid, I want to actually do something as a healthy person with other healthy people to make myself healthier. Um, can't do anything about that. So that is uh, that's awesome. Um, statistic. They put put a few statistics from from the Middlesex London Health Union's website in the uh, in the show notes. Basically, of 1,094 cases, we have 22 active, uh, and since April <clears throat> or sorry, since March, 28 have required care beyond stay home, drink warmer fluids, and recover naturally. So, 28 people, approximately 30 people out of the half million that call London and Middlesex County home. Um, needed some level of hospitalization, 13 of which required the ICU. Um, so I just don't understand the logic. I, I really don't. Um, they, 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 call, they call it keeping people safe, and I understand that, uh, but I don't agree with you. I think this is, uh, if you're listening, um, Middlesex London Health Unit, I think you are wrong, and I think you need to uh, check yourself. Hmm. Speaking of wrong, actually, it's kind of funny. You'd think if anybody would be worried about 
you know, people having their eyes on you. It'd be Patty Hadju, the health minister. There she was today in the airport, uh, no mask, no nothing, in the airport lounge, just hanging out, no food or water nearby, just, eh, don't need to wear a mask, which yeah. is a little bit frustrating at best, too, but anyway. Well, you know, do, do as I say, not as I do. That's right. Or the, no or the men with guns will come and tell you to do as I say and not as I do. Yeah. yeah, that's what happens when you get a health or a graphic designer in charge of health. But anyway, uh, sorry, wrong podcast. Moving along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I got to go political again right off the bat. So, uh, yeah, uh, sad panda day for me uh, in my home province here, or the province I currently live in. Uh, they have elected an NDP majority. So not only am I federally NDP, I'm also locally NDP. And it's like 55 out of 72 seats, I think, or when NDP in the province here. It's insane. Um, so it goes to show you, if this is any indication of the federal thing, you throw up enough money to random people under you know tense situations, and they'll vote for you. So here we are. Hmm. I mean, Trudeau has just posted the largest GDP of the G20 nations, along with the highest uh, unemployment rate of the G7. So um, if that's an indication, that's, yeah. uh, that's no good for us. Yeah. For all of you who's waiting for a financial collapse, it may be upon us. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. Just possibly. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I've, uh, I've got a news article here, and uh, not to re-trigger Alan, but uh, it talks about, uh, uh, let's put these COVID-19 numbers into perspective. Uh, so it's uh, pretty much the same thing. It talks about how we're doing more tests. So therefore, we're getting more positives, but we're looking at those positive tests as comparison to when we were initially doing tests and saying, oh my God, we have so many more tests, but reality, we're doing more tests or more positive results, but in reality, we're just doing a lot more tests. So you know, it, it's, it's a common sense kind of way of looking at things. So I'm sure it's going to be, it's going to disappear. You did not just try to apply common sense to the federal government, did you? Yeah, well, I, I attempted, which is why I said this article is probably going to be wiped off the, the face of the internet yeah. here shortly. Yeah, let's but, screenshot um, that before it goes away. Yeah, but it's there right now, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that triggered you again, Alan. If it did, feel free to, to go on about the gym's closing again. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm still mad from the last round. I, I, <laughs> this isn't going away. I will not be silenced. <laughs> so my article kind of goes against what a kind of Eric and Alan and everyone else on the podcast is saying is why a second wave of COVID-19 is more dangerous than it looks. And although I do agree with a lot of the points that were made on this podcast so far this evening, um, I think that the article does make some good points. Um, and it's just another kind of opinion piece on it, um, but definitely worth a read. All right. I don't think anyone's saying it's not dangerous. No? I think I think that the majority yeah. of the population is safe, and if you are, if if we if we te treat people responsibly, then we don't have to shut down the entire economy. And I think that's the that's the the balance to be struck. Yeah, it's certainly dangerous for a certain segment of the population, but not everybody. Yeah, and people should take the precautions they feel are necessary. Making them mandatory just causes a whole lot of other frustrations and problems and, and all of that stuff that I think are far more dangerous. Well, historically, I think I don't think at any time before this have they ever quarantined healthy people. Usually they already waited until people were sick and then quarantined them back in the good old days. Uh, so these lockdowns are getting a little excessively overused, which even the WHO, I think, came out and said that lockdowns shouldn't be the first line of defense. They did, yeah. 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 Well, with that, shall we move into what we've done lately for preps? Yeah, so I'll kick it off. Um, so I did a quarterly IT security checkup, 
And what that is essentially is, although I, I maintain pretty good um, infosec and opsec and all that kind of stuff, I do take um, some time every quarter to go through um, anything that is um, kind of like out there on the internet, like any um, like social media accounts, make sure they're not connecting to things I don't want to, changing my master password and last pass and all that kind of stuff. So just make sure that those things are done. Like I said, I do maintain this stuff uh, day, day to day, but the, the audit that I do uh, once a quarter usually reveals um, some pretty low risk stuff that I fix on a quarterly basis. Um, I also went up on Friday and checked my deer stand. It was a couple pictures of some nice uh, couple does and a buck that are hanging around in my stand. So I baited it some more and then I'm just uh, getting ready for the opener uh, of the rifle season this coming Friday. So I'll be gone Thursday to Saturday for that there. And that's what I did in the last week or so. So we should expect a few pictures come Friday? Most definitely, hopefully a buck. Um, but if I have to take a dough and that comes to it, then I will. Meets meat. Meets meat. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. So for myself, uh, the other day we had uh, a tornado warning in the area. So that was a little unexpected. It was on Friday but, um, or on Saturday. Sorry. So a little, a uh, little bit different, but uh, yeah, it came through. Um, we had an early, uh, early heads up of thanks to the, uh, the ham radio system though. It's uh we're told that it was coming and then uh, got some updates as things were coming in and coming our way. So it's kind of neat to, to tune into the local repeater and just hear uh, different hams in the in the area reporting what they were seeing, what was happening in their area. Um, one actually reported seeing a funnel cloud starting to form just about half hour south of us. So it's time to hit the basement at that point. But uh, luckily, everything kind of blew over. We got a lot of a lot of hail and a heck of a lot of wind and, and good downpour. But uh, thankfully, no uh, no tornadoes actually touched down from what I've heard, anyways, report wise. But uh, plus one to uh, the ham uh, ham radio system keeping us updated ahead of anything else. So that was nice to see that that system works. I've uh, been making all kinds of contacts on uh, HF with uh, the new HF setup. So uh, most notably, the the furthest I've gotten so far is Italy. So that was last night. So it was kind of neat to, to get a contact there and uh, went around and just did uh, smoke and CO2 detector checks because all uh, well, the time's switching soon. So I'm just doing that now. So replace the batteries, made sure everything runs and is beeping and making the noises that it's supposed to. That was it for awesome. me. Cool. As for myself, um, I assisted the wife with a new method of carrot preservation. So we took a storage tub, filled it with some pine shavings to a layer, put down a layer of carrots, pine shavings, carrots, pine shavings, carrots, all the way up, uh, to see how that would uh, do with the excessive moisture down here. Because uh, if you put potatoes or carrots or anything down in the crawl space, it turns into a root ball. And uh, if you leave them out, of course, they get all soft and gross and moldy. So we thought we'd try this. Uh, this was recommended by a local person. So... We'll see how that works to keep them preserved without refrigeration. Uh, I guess I'll get back to you on that one, kind of like the glassing eggs thing. Yeah. Uh, did a lot of CGN deals here to clear out the excess junk just during the fall cleaning in the shop here. Uh, a lot of guys are trying to build their new uh, non-restricted rifles uh, for these new kits that are available. So I was able to sell off a few parts, buy a few parts off some panelists here as well, it seems. And uh, yeah, just did a few of those. See here, I tried changing the truck brakes. So um, try being the keyword. We're halfway through it. Turns out I didn't think we were going to need new rotors, but we do. So I'm waiting for the rotors to show up tomorrow. Should finish the job tomorrow. Um, but that was the first time I've ever done brakes on a, on a truck before, just because I've never had the opportunity. Uh, did another feed run. Uh, we're just making, I guess, plans for our last-minute Costco run here, pre uh, 
shenanigans I'm thinking over the next couple of weeks, whether it be U.S. elections or anything else involved with second waves or anything Don't else. Don't forget to stock up on TP. <clears throat> Got to get that. No, the first yeah. I'm going to, yeah, that's for sure. It's a well-known fact, if you cover your house in TP, Corona can't get you. Fun yeah. fact, Costco TP does not work well in septic systems. Well, so. in a couple of days, you may not have to do the work. Kids might TP your house for you. That's true. <laughs> I can just go and collect it up. That's true. Yeah. Um, yep. I have to get past the fence and the dog, I suppose. But um, yeah, so other than that, I grabbed up uh, all the underbrush I'd cut down from. Uh, you know, been continuing with that firebreak business, and uh, had a bunch of branches sitting in the ground. So I gathered them all up since we had a bit of a dry spell. It's been kind of clear and cold here, uh, so I burned out a bunch of that. And then I started uh, practicing with the old beam scale, like the non-electric version, just to see if I could uh, make that as accurate as electrics. It's a tougher job than you would think. And let's see here, the last one, a uh, bit of a life lesson. So as I was telling the guys here on the private chat. So normally it's hunting season. I go armed hiking in the bush in the hopes to run across something. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And uh, this time it was the third day of torrential rain and I had to do something right after the walks. I was like, I'm not bringing the rifle. I'd have to strip it down and oil it up. And Anyways, so sure enough, uh, the dog managed to tree a cougar uh, all of like five yards off the trail. And um, yeah, all I could do is stare at it and shoot it with a camera versus anything else. <laughs> So, anyways, and it was, uh, turns out it was probably one of the largest ones in the area. It was like a four-year-old male, so it was, it would have been quite wall-worthy and everything else. Um, but, A, the dogs protected me from the cougar attack, which was probably imminent uh, to either myself or the dogs. Uh, yeah, missed hunting opportunity because I had a tag. It's hunting season. Mind you, cougar season's ten and a half months of the year. But still, um, yeah, lost opportunity. So, life lesson, <laughs> always go hiking armed, I guess. <laughs> Stay strapped. Stay strapped or get clapped. (laughs) I suppose Abraham Lincoln that said that, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ian, just a TP question: the uh, Kirkland brand toilet paper does it not say on the packaging that it's safe for septic systems? Believe it or not, uh, my dad used to have a septic company, so I'm kind of like a a subject matter expert on this stuff. I'm in the know of this stuff, (laughs) and so actually we tore open the septic field. You're you're number one in the number two business. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) On the the side of the truck, it used to say we take shit from anybody. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway, so uh, yeah, I opened it up uh, like a year and a half ago when we did the last one, and that stuff does not break down nearly as well as you would think. So we actually get our stuff at single ply from a local janitorial supplies shop. That's actually legit septic-friendly stuff. There's too much bleach in the Costco stuff, and what it does is it knocks down the bacteria in the septic tank, which reduces the efficacy of it. And before you know it, you got this big white glob in the middle of your septic tank that isn't doing much. So it actually is pretty tough on your system. That's interesting because I haven't had my septic pumped in 12 years. We use, like, Septobac. Um, yeah. And it was checked last year, and they were like, yeah, you can pump it if you want, but it's fine. And I think I think there's some regional differences in the Kirkland-branded stuff, because I know that in, in Atlantic Canada, on Canada's eastern seaboard here, um, it's made by Cascades, which is owned by Irving. I don't know if that's it for the rest of Canada, but uh, the Cascade stuff is friendly for septic systems. Anyways, I don't want to take over the podcast, but yeah. No, that's good, actually. And uh, actually, my stuff's, I think, made in, in Washington State, so. Okay, so there's some... The regional differences, probably, yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. All right, uh, I didn't, I didn't do much this week to to make my life better. Uh, still in the <laughs> middle of Renos, and it's been an absolutely nutty week between uh, between workplaces. Uh, but I did get in a few good workouts. Um, did some excellent jujitsu training, which now I won't be able to do for another month. Thank you. 
government. Appreciate that. You can uh, always do it in your in your garage. It, you know, it's just not the same when you don't have somebody to chill. Yeah. You just can't. You just can't feel it. It doesn't feel the same. I, I've tried. Yeah. Um, I'm, shockingly enough, my uh, my better half is not on board with me. Just like choking her at random. Uh, <laughs> Weird. So it's uh, anyways. Um, Getting closer and closer to hitting that explicit button. <laughs> You're, we're just <laughs> over there. Um, so I, yes, I can. I can still do some. I can still do some training, but I can't. Um, one, I don't have the. I don't have the like eight inch thick mats that the gym has, and uh, my my fat ass does not like rolling around on the concrete. So, um, anyways, I did that. Um, uh, I did my meal prep today for the upcoming week, so I've got all my all my meals ready to go because no matter what, you can't work a bad diet. Um, ordered a new sandbag and jump rope to add to my workouts because uh, I hate running, but I need to do cardio. So um, that's about that. Uh, almost guaranteed now that my new shop project is on hold till spring because I'm finishing interior renos. And that's about all I got for, for this week. All right. Yeah. I wish mine had a lot more hunting involved like you guys, but I'm not there, so... Yeah, my mine didn't have any hunting either, so don't don't feel bad. Um, I've been slammed at work with a, a giant merger of sorts, so it's been nonstop uh, conference calls, which I'm getting very very tired of. Uh, but I have spent a bunch of time at the range shooting, so so that's good, and got a new fancy gun safe delivered uh, today and set that up. So biometric, open with the touch of a finger. Cool. Or a keypad, or a key, in case I don't change the batteries, which will likely happen at some point. I was going to say, make sure you keep extra batteries on hand. Yeah, and that would make it EMP proof as well. Then, right, if the, something lights it off, and they could still put the key, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that's about the most exciting prep I've done. Do, do yourself a favor: take a picture of both sides of the key, um, and email those pictures to yourself so that. When you lose the key, which also often happens to, to safes that have a, uh, a combination. Yeah, it's one of those tubular keys. Yep, it should still have yeah. a code on it. Um, and yeah. even, even with just the tube, I can, like with just a picture of the uh, of the, the cut end, I could uh, replicate that for you. And make it yeah, I've got one of those uh, tubular picks somewhere. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, they're not illegal to have, just don't put it in the safe. For training yeah. purposes. Yeah. And we've got a, a listener here, too, that wants to hop in with uh, preps for the week. Uh, Dan mentions that for preps, I bought a couple packs of tuna and a drone. Now I have an aerial view and tuna breath. <laughs> well, one will let you know when people are coming, and the other will keep them away, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Hey, tuna, tuna's good food. Don't uh, don't knock that. I've probably got 60 cans down, down in my pantry. I'm not uh, I'm not sad about it. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's pretty popular around here, too. And, yeah, it's shelf stable for pretty much forever yep because anyway. nothing wants to eat it even bacteria let's move into the main topic all right so why are we talking about this today well uh fun fact mad max took place in 2021 and they were always fighting over gas right yep <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh yeah gas stations um on average, they emptied about three days with normal use. So obviously, we've talked about this before, whether it be the Fort McMurray fires or whatever, you get a high demand uh, situation happening, and usually those things empty out in about an hour. Um, so uh, it never hurts to have your own supply. Uh, for example, my local Petro-Canada down the bottom of the hill here is probably the busiest Petro-Canada in Canada by volume of sales, uh, the manager told me anyway. And they get refilled twice a day by uh, trucks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
So whether you want to blame that on small tanks or high use, uh, it's one of the two. Anyway, so uh, yeah, obviously if there's some sort of emergency, I'm not planning on going down there and topping everything off last minute. So it never hurts to have your own, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So barter value? I'm sure uh, pretty much everybody could use gas at some point if you had extra to spare, I suppose. Yeah, um, it's going to be a thing that's going to be in demand, that's for sure. Not something I'd, bar- I'd barter. Wouldn't be the first yeah, thing to but yeah. That, it's kind of like bartering ammo. It's like, eh, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, if you're something really good. I'm getting in exchange. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but that's it has value if you needed to. I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. It does. Or you have more than you can use for, and you're about to leave or whatever, right? I mean, who knows, right? Yeah, um, yeah, but they're necessary for a lot, right? So force multiplier action. Uh, that's probably a good reason to have Gavin on here. We can talk about the the force multiplier aspect of using a chainsaw versus a handsaw. Yeah. We're out of gas. I'm sure everybody would rather be using a chainsaw uh, versus a handsaw, but you know, obviously without gas. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I've been cutting up trees all year, and the, the I started with a, I started with a handsaw for my little pine branches. Um, it got me a it got me a fair bit of space, a fair bit of work done. Um, then I went to a sawzall, and then I went to a chainsaw, and I did not go back to the handsaw. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they come in, you know, battery powered equipment is becoming more and more popular in the sort of lawn and garden and whatnot arena. But like, even then, if your power goes down, you can't charge those things. So at some point along that chain, you are going to need gas either for your, your power tools or for your generator to charge the batteries on your power tools. So, I mean, yeah, cutting wood, I mean, log splitters, I mean, all kinds of equipment runs on gas. Well, and a lot of people trade gas for fuel too, right? So, I mean, you think about the local area here, I mean, people are always trolling for salmon and a lot of people have that in their, their preps as a food supply, right? It's like, oh, let's wait and go and, you know, trolling for salmon. Well, you're basically just trading gas for, for food is all you are. So sooner or later you run out of one, right? And so, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd hate to try it with a rowboat. It wouldn't work nearly as well. Yeah. Well, it depends on how fast you can roll. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that takes what... calories and then you're going to yeah. eat more food and... Yeah. Battery powered tools, as great as they are, they're just not as effective as they're just not, yeah. they don't have as much torque and they're, as much RPM as gas powered saws. Plain and simple. Well, no, yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with them. They just don't have the same capacity. No, they, they certainly don't. I mean, for limbing stuff and like small trees, they're they're great. But the the you know when your gas or your saw runs out of gas, you just pour more gas in it. When your battery powered one runs out, unless you've got a battery that's already charged up, you're waiting at least a half an hour, if not longer. And you've got to have more sorry, batteries than that, that, because you can usually discharge your battery faster than you can charge it under heavy use. Yeah. So that's yeah. my whole argument against, not against Tesla, but against electric cars. It's just that, you know, I think they're great for some things, but yeah. I mean, if you're going to go and you have to wait 40, 45 yeah. minutes at a gas station to charge your Tesla, sorry, that's yeah. not, right? No, that's not doable, yeah. Well, what about uh, efficiency at temperature, too? I worry about those uh, battery-powered chainsaws in the middle of winter. Like, how much shorter yeah. will they last versus the middle of summer? Right? I mean, if you take the battery out of a warm truck and you put it in the tool and you use it, it's not that big of a deal. But if you store the batteries in a cold environment, like negative 10 or neg- negative 15, yeah. that have a pretty bad adverse effect on them. It's going to take yeah. away a lot of their capacity, right? So, Yeah, I mean, especially if you're, you know, like you're going to be outside all day and using the tool all day, but like in spurts. Where it's like, I mean, whatever it is, a saw, a drill, or whatever, you know, you use it for, you know, a minute, set it down for 20 minutes, pick it up, use it again, like, you know, whereas a gas saw, you could just 
fire it up, make your cuts, put it away, do whatever you else to do, go back, make your cuts, put it, no problem. Battery, yeah. It's, yeah, you're going to need fuel. Yep. And fuel does not last indefinitely. I think this is worth making the argument that as nice as our gas-powered and, you know, electrical-powered and cordless tools are, it's always good to have, you know, a hand backup, hand saw, mm -hmm. hand drill, anything like that, right? It's not something oh, you're yeah. going to use every day because there's not the convenience and the time savings that you have with the modern technology and tools. But the thing is, once the fuel runs out, you know, your fuel power tools are done, your electrical tools are done, and you're down to hand tools, right? So not as efficient, yeah. but hey, it works. So Well, we'll, we'll come up on the wood thing later on, but I mean, yeah. uh, especially for wood uh, supply, if you're using wood for heat or anything else, I mean, uh, a sweet saw is fantastic, and they are, you know, fairly efficient at doing what they need to do. But if you're going to have a hand tool, you got to have, like, spares, spare blades, spare yeah. nuts, bolts, well, whatever it takes, like, just consume. One, one is none, and two is one, and right. Absolutely. Um, do you guys know what's usually enough? That's that's yeah. the real about guns, <laughs> so, anyways. That's pretty much <laughs> the magic number. Yeah. Um, dual tri-fuel genera generators, um, Gavin. Like, are those becoming a bit more of a thing nowadays, or what's going on with those things? Like, yeah. So, I mean, there's a bunch of different options on the market these days. Um, some of the older ones, they would call them dual or tri-fuel, but it was kind of like a a pain to convert them, or you kind of had to like pick from the get-go what it was going to be and make it that thing and then you wouldn't be able to convert it to something else without you know changing a whole lot of parts on it so it's possible but it's not like oh just plug in a different fuel source flip a switch and away we go although that is a thing now with a few companies they've kind of developed it so that you would be able to just oh you want to use you know regular gasoline you pour it in the tank fire it up away you go that runs out. Oh, well, I guess I got this propane tank. Plug that in, flip a switch, switch the source, and away you go. That is becoming a thing, but it's still rare. I did see, I think uh, Champion was one of the first ones to come out with one. I think it was yeah. a dual. Yeah, and so you'll usually get it's dual. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like a, a, you just basically flip a switch, and it goes from the carburetor to um, a, basically a, a LP gas. Um, yeah. Regulator, thing. right? Regulator yeah. of some sort, but they both feed into the intake. Um, and as far as I know, I got two friends that have one, and they say it's great because most of the time they're basically going to run it off propane because propane doesn't really go bad. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit less. I think you have less power on propane than you do on gas. Um, but with the size of the generator that they have and the task that they're trying to do with it, it's not a concern. Uh, but yeah. just keep in mind that typically, if you look at the output of the generator, it's going to be lower on propane and not natural gas than it will on regular uh, gasoline. So, Yeah, I mean, generators are already kind of finicky at times to figure out exactly how many watts you're going to need and what their, their peak watts are versus their continuous running and all of that. And they all like to inflate their numbers, you know. But, yeah, I suppose my uh, real is fighting over if, gasoline if on the so highways. I don't know London, but I, uh, London police for the longest time, they were running dual fuel in their... In their... Let's, let's take a guess for other vehicles. So it didn't run very long. No. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm guessing they're patrol cars. Yeah. I was going to say that at least while everybody else is fighting over the, the gasoline on the highways, we can uh, go around raiding people's barbecue tanks yeah. to run the generator. Well, I mean, so. in, the, in the newer, the tri-fuel ones, I mean, if you've got a natural gas line put in, that's what it'll run off of. So you can just plug it right into that. You have a almost unlimited supply, at least while the 
plants the natural gas yeah. Yeah. yeah or the line ruptures or whatever yeah yeah but i mean then that way you can use you know that supply without your supply on site until that runs out and then you know flip over to what you have on hand at the site cool so uh as far as storage goes uh, static electricity concerns um gas obviously is a problem you don't want to have like uh, metal on metal and creating sparks and rubbing your feet in the ground and giving it you know touching it with your finger or anything else unless you're uh, looking for fireworks <laughs> I suppose, it's yeah. it's so fine. it's important to make sure that you are grounded or you're using plastic components or whatever uh in order to minimize your static electricity concerns is it a problem with diesel though diesel is harder to ignite but when it does the btus are way higher right I mean, I've taken like a propane torch to diesel and trying to light it for exercises in the, the fire department. It doesn't light that easily. Um, so I don't think it's as much of a concern with diesel as it is with gas, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be worried about maybe like a bit of a spillage with the gas, but it, well, there's most of these propane tanks have some sort of backflow, like a check valve on it to prevent you from like, you know, a spark going up the, the, well, the tank. So I'm pretty sure you need some sort of engineering degree to use a modern like fuel can because they put so many safety measures on them. <laughs> Those American uh, jerry cans are actually kind of funny. Like they've got like 15 different like switches on them and everything else. If you find the older ones on Kijiji or Craigslist, that's that's the one. That's the yeah. I mean, I there. I have a couple of the, those plastic Spectre mil spec gas cans. It's yep. just a plastic can with a hole in it that you pour gas in and out of. <laughs> yeah, there's no like spring tension valve or any of this nonsense that you see with no evaporative controls because that was a big thing for a while in the in the small engine world they basically took all the like the stuff that happened to cars in like the 70s and 80s and said you have to fit that all on a lawnmower now and so like they they now have non-permeable fuel lines for like the two inches of fuel line that runs from your tank on your lawnmower to the actual engine they had to put non-permeable fuel line so that you wouldn't get evaporation of fuel through that short piece of hose. You never be too safe, man. No. no. Safety first. Yeah. It's very important. <laughs> no, safety should be like third or fourth, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Very rarely should safety be first. Yeah. I mean, if any, of my, if any of my contracts are listening, safety is first always, but for the rest of us. Yeah, no, it's aesthetics first. You got to look cool when you do it. And then everything else happened. Hey, Gavin, do you sell tactical black lawnmowers? Um, no, but I can make that happen for you. Like a with like a molly pouch on the bag, like a molly pouch. Like I can I can make that happen. Yeah, I, which I, I guess scary. I guess with one a- thing I neglected to mention in my my getting ready for preps and stuff, I did buy a new industrial sewing machine, so I can Ooh. make that happen for you. Oh, uh, we we actually need to talk. We need to talk off the air then. All right, I'm not very good at it yet. <laughs> that works better. Well. Practice, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so types of gas. Propane, we'll start off with due to listener request. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about the good things about propane. It lasts forever, right? Yeah, it lasts forever. Yeah. Um, limited by container. So, I mean, I don't know how fast it rusts out for you guys, but the propane tanks here do rust out within a few years. But as long as you keep them out of the moisture, I guess, and keep them in the shade, it's pretty much going to last for years and years and years, right? Well, and the tanks are only good for 10 years too, right? At least in Canada, I think um, they're only good for 10 years from the date that they're stamped. I, I think you may be able to get them hydro-tested, but I think the cost of doing that outweighs the cost of just buying a new tank. Like, I think a 100-pound tank at Costco is like 140 bucks or something like that, right? So That's with the free fill, yeah. too. 
Or free sale, sure. yeah. So well, if, if you even find anyone that does that, I mean, around the where I am, anyways, in the GTA, nobody sells tanks anymore. It's all just tank exchange. Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I put a little article in the uh, the show notes there regarding like expiry dates on propane tanks and stuff. But yeah, if you're within a year of ex- uh, expiry and you just use the tank on your barbecue, take it to a tank exchange. It it costs you, yeah, take you an extra 20 bucks, but at least you get a brand new tank that's probably certified for at least a few more years. Yeah, uh, That's one, one way to do it. But actually, from a, from a source, I have been told it's not that hard to get certified to recertify propane tanks. <laughs> so if, huh. if you're willing to invest in a bit of equipment and uh, like a metal stamp and a couple other things, you could actually make a bit of a side gig on recertifying propane tanks for the sake of like mm-hmm. a new valve, Maybe a couple cans of paint, metal stamp, you're on your way. So I just wish the, the, the guy near me still filled them because that's my problem is no one around here fills tanks anymore. Yeah. Really? Well, it's, it's in our local co-op. I had to actually like hunt around because I, w- I finished using the tank exchange to get newer tanks and I actually just had a legit empty tank that still had time to go on it. And um, yeah, I think there's only like two places in the entire area that actually filled propane tanks because everybody just likes the convenience of the tank exchange, right? That's the same with us. I think Costco is the only one within a half an hour drive that refills tanks. Um, everyone else, like uh, the Canadian Tire store here, used to do it, but it was basically 16-year-old kids that they had to send through this course at Superior Propane. It cost too much money, so they got rid of the tank. It just wasn't – there wasn't the margins in it, right? So now it's uh, either Canadian, uh, sorry, Costco. You can have it done as Superior, but it's typically only for commercial tanks. Um, and then other than that, it's a tank exchange. But most of my tanks are pretty new, so I'm not really – into the switching out a newer tank for an old pre-certified yeah. tank, I guess, right? So, Well, around here is the same thing. It's, it's the local Costco in Courtney, which is 45 minutes up the road, but it also has the cheapest gas on the island. It'll do propane tanks as well, which is nice. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's, it's tank exchange or the local co-op, but even then, not every co-op around. So yeah. The same here. It's Costco, and there's one gas station in town that'll do it too. So I think it comes down to the only thing with propane is that you're, I'm at least limited in the ability of how much propane I can store. Um, I've got four propane, four 20-pound tanks that I have for around the home, and then I, I have two 30-pound tanks on my travel trailer, and that's, that's all I've got. And I really don't want to buy more tanks because I just don't really have the storage capacity. And um, I don't, I mean, other than the barbecue and the trailer, I don't have anything that uses propane, right? So I just don't really have a need. Do you guys have the attachments that uh, go from the 20-pound propane tanks to your camp stove, like your Coleman stove? For the one-pound tanks, yeah. You can buy buy those on Amazon or eBay. Um, I don't think they're legal for use, um, but, yeah, they they, they do work. I mean, you basically just – oh, sorry. Oh, I I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can run the whole stove off the 20-pound tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also have, like, from the – at least on the travel trailer, most of the travel trailers have this. They'll have, like, a quick connect hose on the bottom of the trailer that you can connect appliances like barbecues and outdoor fire pits and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I do have the hose as well for that stuff, yeah. (laughs) Taxpayer Dave says, your gas stations that sell propane don't fill portable propane tanks? Weird. You must live in leftist cities. Don't even get us started. Nope. I mean (laughs) – Or you can tune into – I'm feeling a slightly drunken rant coming on tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. And by cities you mean the entire country. But yeah, that's another story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, so we don't the nice thing about propane is we don't have to add anything to it in order to store it, right? Like uh, yeah. there's no such thing as an yeah. additive for propane, just it's just there and it's uh yeah. Mother Nature provides. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, although they do add mercaptan to it to give it that smell, so you can smell when you've uh, actually yeah. like released some gas, so to speak. As you can blame it, it on the smell. dog. <laughs> you blame yeah. it on the dog. 
but uh, other actually real propane itself is uh, is odorless and it can be poured if it gets cold enough, which is a bit of a trick. But anyway, neither here nor there. Right. Other than that, I guess move on to uh, gas. Yes, don't store cheap gas. Buy the good Sorry. stuff. Yep. And if you can, buy something that doesn't have ethanol in it. Um, I yeah. have to do a bit of hunting around. So there is, at least in Nova Scotia where I live, um, the, there's a regulatory board that basically um, sets prices for gas in the province, leftist cities. Um, and basically, uh, they'll outline which areas or which regions have ethanol and which don't. Um, and luckily for me, uh, where I am, none of the fuel has ethanol in it. Um, so basically just my rule of thumb is to buy the highest octane I can find, which is 91 octane here. Um, try to get something without eth ethanol if you can, which I'm lucky I don't have any ethanol in my fuel. Um, and just treat it as you're putting it in a container. And I typically rotate my stuff. I don't keep fuel for more than three months. Um, so it's in a road rotation that by the end of the three months, the oldest fuel gets used up in my vehicle. Um, yeah, that's kind of my rule of thumb. It's worked for the last few years at least, so... Yeah, unfortunately, where we are, it's uh, we are stuck with uh, ethanol in the gas, uh, except for the ninety-one. Uh, but it, the I think that maybe they're thinking the hippies won't notice around here or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Even the big grade stuff, they throw in the um, the ethanol. However, if you get the the dyed gas, which is like the farm gas, uh, it is mid grade and no ethanol. So that is something. Uh, a little bit cheaper than the 91. If you're just using it in generators and or quads or chainsaws, it's perfectly legal to buy. Um, theoretically, you're not supposed to use it on highways, but of course, if you actually take your truck into the bush, you could theoretically burn it legally. Just saying. So, where would you buy that type of fuel? Because I thought you had to be you had to have like a farm permit or something. Well, okay, I talk about leftist uh, cities, but it used to be un unlimited amounts. Uh, now what, what it is, they limit you to, uh, I think, up to 20 liters without paperwork. And then if you want to buy more than 20 liters or more than a jerry can, you have to fill out the paperwork what you're using it for, like maybe your boat, your sailboat, whatever. Okay. And uh, then they'll let you buy whatever you want, but then you got your name and number attached to something. So most people just keep it down to 20 liters at a time, fill up a jerry can, and good to go. But they actually keep a padlock on the, the dyed gas at the gas station. I would just give Eric's wow. name and number, to be honest with you. Yeah. John, John Smith, uh, yeah, 123 yeah. Water Street. Uh. This guy buys a lot of gas. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. It's like Mike from Canmore. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so uh, yeah, so I mean, I guess the, the ethanol gas will last about, what, three months tops, I think, before you have to start worrying. Uh, Is that, yeah. You mean untreated? Yeah, untreated, untreated, yeah. Untreated, yeah. Okay. About three yeah. months, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it does come up carburetors, doesn't it, Gavin? Yeah, so there's a couple of problems. So um, if you do have gas with ethanol in it, like it works fine in big pieces of equipment. Like it doesn't burn as well as non-ethanol gas, but like really it's not a huge problem. And most modern cars, you know, fuel injection and everything and all the fancy new stuff can handle ethanol just fine. Uh, the biggest problem is when you start getting into small equipment. So like some of your generators and smaller pieces of equipment that you may be doing, doing the choring and stuff with, um, that's when it starts causing problems. And the biggest problem is actually not using ethanol. It's switching back and forth between gas with and without. Because like when you put the ethanol gas in, it kind of creates this little coating along your fuel lines. And then when you pour other gas in, it sort of, dissolves that and then that's what starts gumming up your carburetor and stuff like that if you just leave gas sitting in your thing and it sort of the 
water and everything separates out from your gas, that's when it starts getting bad gas and it won't burn anymore, which even knowing about all of this stuff and working in the industry, I had happened to my generator and I had to fix it and drain out all the bad gas. You know, there's little test kits you can get that show you and you pour the gas in and it'll show you how much water is in the gas and all of that fun stuff. And just like little plastic or glass vial things, but well, just yeah, ro rotate your gas or treat it. It'll still start fires quite nicely though. So yeah, I was burning the underbrush with some old gas too. Yeah. Um, or mix it up with some kerosene or some diesel and yeah, yeah fun can be had, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we could add a staple to it to uh, stretch it out. I think if depending on the concentration that you use with staple, they say you can last up to two years even with ethanol in it. Does that sound about yeah. right? Yeah, um, there's different types too. Like you know, not not all of them are equal, but like the stuff that's in liquid form, I find is the best. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Starbright, which is like a blue liquid. Uh, it's used a lot in marine products, but it's starting to cross over more into, like, other stuff. I find it works really well. They sell it in large enough containers that you can treat a fair amount of gas with it. Um, but they also had, like, powders, and they've even got little pills. And, like, those are way harder to, like, get the mix right to make sure that you've put enough in. And, I mean, dealing with powders, I mean, that's just the worst because it blows everywhere. But yeah, the liquid stuff I think works the best, and yeah, you can get several years out of it, easy. Huh. And you mentioned water in the gas. If you get water in the gas, uh, it's different weight density, so it would sit in the bottom of the tank. Yeah, not. yeah. So that's why you have the little float things that you can test the the fuel with to give you your thing. It'll show you a line on it. They're kind of neat. We have a bunch of them in the shop in the back. Yeah, I think when I was working up north, we used to get like uh, some ice crystals and water depending on the season, I guess, in the gas, and they'd use uh, isopropyl alcohol or, I think, methyl yeah. hydrate to, redo, to remove the water, like just run it through the, the, the gas lines. Um, that was one way to do it, but obviously if you can drain it out, so much the better and, and strain it out yeah. when it's required. Um, there's also uh, pre-packaged gasoline is now a thing because we live in a crazy new modern world. Another leftist, um, so, <laughs> leftist city thing, yeah. yeah. So you can actually buy like a, you know, a five-liter pre-packaged thing of, of gas that they don't put any stuff in it. So it actually keeps very well in this container as long as you kind of just keep it sealed and everything. So What's I mean, the cost on it? Like what, I mean, cause it's five, not five liters of gas is going to cost you what, like five, five bucks, right? If that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It, it'll be more expensive, but like if you wanted to say, keep a small emergency amount of gasoline in your trunk and you have a small, smart car because you live in a leftist city and they don't have space for a bigger car but you have space for that and you were to sort of run out of gas on the side of the road for things like that it's it's brilliant um believe it or not i've bought some of that stuff but it's for husqvarna um yeah like my chainsaw yeah. like i just i found a really good deal on the stuff so yeah they've like got four cycle one, and two cycle premix yeah yeah one one gallon of it i guess it's it's made with like 95 or 97 octane fuel it's treated it's the perfect mix for yeah. the tools and it comes out to like maybe two or three bucks more expensive than what i could make it for with all the additives i'm like you know what just that's worth the cost right so 
Well, my fire department yeah, does that for all their equipment. We've we've got yeah, so the, the sealed containers of everything. Like, just because we say that's one of the biggest the biggest fires of it is the fire department. Well, you can't trust firefighters to mix fuels. I mean, you know. No. Yeah. <laughs> but if well, those leftovers, you could jerry cans or leave them on the side of the <laughs> yeah. road. It's a whole lot cheaper. <laughs> <than laughs> <every laughs> container. Or you could add, yeah. you know, for those leftovers, you just put like fair trade and organic on the label, and you could charge mm. ten bucks instead of five, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's a little bit more expensive, but for people that don't have a whole lot of storage space or just need a small amount, like in their car is a thing they're awesome uh there's a couple of different brands like all the major chainsaw brands will have their own branded ones so the Husqvarna still and all of those and then uh, aspen gas is the name of one of the other ones that kind of started the whole thing yeah it's really good and you get yeah four cycle and two cycle so if you hate mixing the oil the gas thing for your chainsaw you just get it pre-mixed in the two different ratios and you just pour it in and away you go it's not a bad deal if you're not using. Yeah, for not having right? to do the, the mix. Yeah, it's yeah, it's worth I mean, it to get that headache out of it all alone. Yeah, if you're cutting eight cords of wood, then it's probably not the ideal stuff for you. But I mean, if you're only going to use a tank or two of fuel in your chainsaw every year, it's not that bad yeah, a deal. It's perfect. Yeah, Lister Jay says it's the Aspen branded fuel that is uh, yeah. prepackaged stuff. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Six dollars like a liter. liter, but. Hey, um, can I run fifty to one gas through my forty to one more um, weed whacker? Yes. Yes. Yeah? Okay. But not the other way around. I don't ideal, think you want to go the other way around. Yeah. Though. Yeah. It, it might actually run better. Okay. Yeah. I just I've got two, I've got two cans in my in my garage or in my shed. One is for forty to one for my weed whacker, and one is for fifty to one for my chainsaw. And I would rather just have both cans at fifty uh, to one. So. Yeah. No, you're fine. All right, mix them both together and make it a forty-five to one. It's the best of both worlds. Just yeah. split the difference. It's fine. <laughs> split, split it. Yeah, that doesn't seem Come like on, a good man. idea. It'll be fine. One will be a little bit overpowered. The other will be a little underpowered. You'll be fine. There you go. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I'll, I'll, keep, I'll I'll just mix it all to fifty to one, and then I can. And then you got an extra container to store some pop bottle water or anything like that. You know? Yeah. No, because <laughs> I can store more fifty to one. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to standardize across the across the board. Get the, you know, oh, same, I wish. The same I, wish I wish the industry yeah. would do that and just stop making. I do find that when I yeah. when I store fuel, um, the the two things I've run into at least is um, in storing it. I used to have like a a running sheet of basically when the fuel was added to the container lock and stuff, and I found that I wasn't updating it as well as I should. So I would come to a scenario to a point where I'm like, oh, I know I filled this up a few weeks ago. I don't know how how long it's been. Again, my fuel. Is, is no more than three months old because every time I fill up my truck once a week, I dump the oldest jerry can into the truck, fill up the truck, and then I fill up the jerry can. So I always have a fresh new 20-liter jerry can every week, um, and I go through a cycle. I think I have 200 liters here in 20-liter jugs. Um, so over the course of 10, 10 weeks, I basically replenish all my fuel. Um, yeah. But the concern I have is, is that it, typically in the summertime, I keep this stuff in a fairly well-insulated shed, but the containers will actually kind of bow out just with the pressure that builds up with the temperature, right? So I try to always release the pressure, but it seems as though the containers are getting all distorted and all that kind of stuff. And I, I can't find myself to get in there every day or twice a day to relieve the pressure in those tanks, right? So that's the only thing I have uh, with well, storing the fuel. And I guess I'm guilty of this too, but if you fill it over that line that it, it mentions in the in the jerry can, it's going to be a little more susceptible to the overpressure and underpressure because I've actually had some collapse in when it, when it gets uh, cooler, right? 
Yeah, and, and I'm uh, trying to put it right at 20 just to make sure that it's not doing that right, but it's yeah. still well over pressure, yeah. I guess. I mean, so. that's, you know, part of this whole storage thing is getting good quality containers so that, yes, that will still happen, but they'll last longer. Yeah, and once right? I relieve the pressure, they go back to normal. Um, yeah. And once they empty out that, you know, um, yeah. I've been, I've been thinking, tinkering with the idea of getting like a 64 gallon drum or something like that to store the fuel and then just having like one of those princess auto or harbor freight hand pumps um instead of having yeah. all the jerry cans i could just have this one can one, or this yeah. one drum that i can put in my probably not yeah. the garage probably the shed um because i don't need you know 300 liters of gas in my house if there's ever a fire but uh, having it in my shed and then worst case scenario is if i had to bug out um, I could have like a dolly that could basically move the drum, put it in the trailer, yeah. and then I've got three hundred well, liters of fuel to go. With almost me, right? exactly like Mad Max. Then. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question from uh, taxpayer Dave. Math, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> we got a uh, question from taxpayer Dave. There, it's um, wouldn't you risk using the end? Or sorry, sorry. Fifty to one is, is less oil. Wouldn't it be better at forty to one? And wouldn't you risk using the uh, tool that wants yeah. forty to one oil? You'll be fine. I mean, that's what keeps my repair shops in business. You're still getting lubrication, yeah. but yeah. You know, you're, you're absolutely right, the yeah. taxpayer, Dave. I was going backwards with that. You're right. 40 to 1 would be better than 50 to 1 if I have to choose one of the two. Fine either way. It's so close. Yeah. I mean, most people don't mix things super accurate anyways. The fun ones are the 46 to 1. It's those numbers that are fun to mix. I've seen that a few times. Math is hard. <laughs> Well, it's like it the is. whole hot dogs and the buns thing. They don't make the gas tank and then your tank of the oil the same, so you can't just dump one into the other and be done with it. <sighs> like, I've got yep. 20 liters of fuel, and how much of this do I... Shit, my container's not big enough. Like, it's, it's, it's measured in ounces, and this one's in liters, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it says... it's um, Add this to one gallon of gas. Well, is it an imperial gallon or is it an American gallon? Is it 3.78 liters or 4.5 liters? I have no idea whether how accurate this actually is. Yeah. Or like when you fuel yeah, that, the plane, is it in pounds or kilos? It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? You got a 67 gliding into Manitoba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and this, this exactly is why Target in Canada failed. The Gimby they guider. Fill, they couldn't fill their trucks because the conversion rates were not uh, um, weren't, weren't, weren't accurate enough. Oh, yeah. I think I uh, mentioned this before on the show, but yeah, like, so one of my old jobs, we used to order the gas. Like, so the fuel gauges were in pounds. We'd ordered in liters, and then all the manuals were in talking gallons. Fun Jeez. time. Yeah, how could you possibly Jeez. get that? Yeah. How could you could possibly, possibly mess that up? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no errors ever happening there. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we talked about overpressure there. So that's what they uh, can diesel be overpressured as well? Like, can it like, kind of be affected by temperature? Does anybody know? I've never stored. I don't have diesel here. I've never stored yeah. it. I've never. Um, I mean, I, I know it stores a lot better, which is why it's used for backup generators and stuff like that. But I'll tell you what. My old work had a had four very large standby generators, and we had a. I want to say it's three hundred thousand liter um, diesel tank. Um, and the, we had a contract with um, a local company that basically supplied the fuel, but they would come out once a month and they had to stir the fuel. They had to add algicide, um because diesel fuel, when it sits, um, there is water in it. The water will separate from the diesel and typically the water will create algicide, which if it runs through the generator, will just gum them up and all that kind of stuff. So I think 
Um, I think it still has the problem, same with water, where you have ethanol that will separate to water. But I think that diesel naturally has water in it, um, and that will create algicides if not treated properly, if not stirred properly, and all that kind of stuff. Well, back in the uh, the old days, the U-boats, when they were running around the Atlantic, they used to actually import seawater into the fuel tanks, and the diesel would se separate so well from the seawater, it would actually float on top, but they'd maintain their ballast that way. And that was actually a very interesting read how they used to do that. So, yeah, it'll it'll definitely separate from water for sure. Um, Taxpayer Dave says, uh, basically, I don't think my jerry cans of diesel balloon as much as my gasoline ones. I didn't think so either. I used to see those um, yellow, like, 55-gallon uh, drums, and they never seem to get affected by temperature as much. You could I think it makes sense because diesel doesn't evaporate as quickly or as well as gas does, right? I mean, gas will evaporate um, fairly yeah. quickly if you leave it out, right? But I don't think the diesel does. Well, it's more, I mean, it's more oily than... Right. So, yeah, it's it's denser, it's... Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jeff brings up a good point that diesel will gel if it gets really cold, as well as uh, diesel attributes like uh, kerosene and everything else. Some of them go hmm. minus 36 before they start to slush up, and some of them go all the way to minus 48. Depends on what you've got for a mix in there, too, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, you can definitely see why uh, sometimes they have to preheat stuff and everything else. They'll like turn to jello. Yeah. 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 Definitely be a problem. So I guess if you're trying to pour it in cold weather, that's, that's a problem as well. Um, I put a couple yeah. links in the show notes there as well, how to recondition old diesel fuel, because after it sits for a long time, it can not burn as well. But you can basically add what, the equivalent of mothballs and a couple other chemicals and <laughs> throw it in to pep it back up. Um, also, yeah, I guess because it does have water in it, like you said, uh, there's actually another link I put in there, how to remove water from diesel fuel. I mean, and this might be an old wives' tale, but like reconditioning old gas, I heard if you have like a car that's been sitting for a few months and it's got old gas in it, just basically top it up with fresh fuel. Um, that's the highest octane you can find and it kind of brings the gas back. I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it works. It's like, it's like the whole put an egg into your radiator if you've got a small hole and it'll fix it. Like it, it does the trick. Um, but I think it's, it, it's just that you're putting it enough new gas in that it's right. burnable right and then it helps you clear the tank so yes like it, i mean it ideally works. if i had a vehicle yeah. that's had for three years i'd want to drain the tank right i wouldn't yeah i, I mean I, that, I i have a, a car that sits frequently for long periods of time and like i do my best to kind of like run it to almost empty and then you know put new gas in and away i go but like every now and again you know life happens and that that doesn't happen so yeah, you put a bunch of new gas in and, you know, it mixes with the old gas and you get something that's burnable and it'll be fine. Right. Not 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 advisable, but, I mean, it works, yeah. Last uh, gas thing I put in there for a link was uh, how to make your own di uh, diesel fuel, which is good for the prepper Ooh. show, I guess, right? So uh, if you got uh, want to run around to old shops and pick up their old used vegetable oil, you can uh, yeah. add a few different little tidbits and make your own uh, biodiesel. Yeah separate out the glycerin which you can then use to make your own soap oh stuff like that i hear you preppers like making your own stuff being self-reliant yeah. and everything yeah not relying buying it from tyler's wife yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, tyler, tyler, tyler who yeah, oh. <laughs> no to be I'm fair for him to pipe up in the comments yeah yeah the advanced polls yeah. are open like i said he might be going to vote for joe or something who knows yeah, fair enough. yeah. <laughs> and if he could cross the border he would punch you so hard yeah, yeah, exactly. probably would. yeah the nice thing about the the old biodiesel there is uh when you you burn it it smells like french fries i heard Ooh. that yeah yeah 
So you may gain a few pounds because you're always going to be hungry for French fries. <laughs> Just do like, you know, one for the truck, one for me, one for the truck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when things are that bad, that's exactly what you want is to smell French fries. Yeah. 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 The end of the world. The there's the no world's French here. Fries yeah. And all I can smell is French fries. <laughs> yeah. I, I was on a structure fire recently that happened to be like a, a fry shack. Um, and you could smell it, you know, half a mile away because we were downwind as we were approaching. And it's like, man, I hope they have snacks. It's going to be a long haul <laughs> otherwise. It's going to be well cooked. We'll put out the fire, yeah. but we need to get fed first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I guess no matter what uh, fuel you're transferring around, uh, there are the shaker siphons available on Amazon.com and .ca, of course. Uh, that you can basically just shove in the tank with a little hose, uh, give it a shake, it'll start siphoning out stuff for you. Um, also, the wobble pumps. I think when you guys mentioned the transfer pumps, but uh, they can usually be had for fairly cheap. Yeah, I like the shaker. It's simple. It's a lot yeah. better than sucking on the hose and letting gravity and all that take yep. over. Well, gravity is free, right? So it's always there. So <laughs> Yeah, but there's always that little bit that gets in your mouth, and that's yeah. never good. No. Yeah. It doesn't taste like fries. No. No, I actually put a 2x6 above my uh, my little tank that I transfer stuff between. And so, yeah, I just use a shaker siphon to get that thing just siphoning right in there. Yeah. You just... Shake it and it starts going. It's like magic. Don't most modern cars have a screen that prevents you from siphoning gas out of the vehicle? Uh, some of them do, yeah. yeah. Some don't. Yeah. Some but have like a little flap and you just got to push the hose past the flap and then you're fine. Oh, okay. I just thought them. that most newer vehicles had like anti-siphoning stuff. Yeah. Lots do. But some don't. Also, that doesn't, you know, you, you can, you can, it's better to take one gallon from 10 sources than 10 gallons from one source or something like that. Lawnmowers yeah. don't have that. I'll just drill out your gas tank. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're going to put that anti-siphon yeah. there, just put yeah. a hole in your gas tank. And that, I used, that was a real problem back about a few years ago when the gas prices were super high. Guys were actually doing that. Uh, they were actually drilling out gas tanks, and they didn't care. They just they drained the gas tank. They had like the oil pan collector underneath it, and they'd collect up the gas, like and only a gallon or two, and then let the rest go on the road, and then the person have a broken gas tank. That's like there's uh, people running, not to derail the, 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 the show here, but like people are running a business of stealing catalytic converters out of cars now. Because of the metal in it? Yeah, because of the platinum so, in it. Absolutely. Yeah. But so, anyway, <laughs> Scraps cars got like 600 bucks. He paid $200 for a car, got like 600 just for the cat. Wow. wow. Yeah, so, I mean, funny story about siphoning gas. My, my father's side of the family comes from Albania. So back when they kind of just came out of communism, my cousins would drive across the border in cars, fill up the car with gas, drive back across the border and sell gas out of their gas tank by siphoning it out <laughs> for less money than they could buy it in Albania, but for more money than they were buying it across the border in Greece. Modern problems require modern solutions. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and that was like a common thing that people would do so oh. uh, last uh, type of ga or fuel I want to talk about is firewood so it stores mm -hmm. forever pretty much I mean yeah. keep it dry right yeah. Yeah. yeah the drier the better just don't let it rot because then yeah. yeah no good yeah. then well, keep it off the ground, keep it dry, and obviously prefer if you can store hardwood versus pine or alder. Um, I just found around here is like, if you have a roof on it, great, but you don't need walls because you still want it to evaporate off the uh, water that's in the actual grain of the wood. And basically, if you're going to store it, you want to have it at least sitting for a year before you use it. That's uh, the only thing I want to mention on that. 
that's pretty yeah. much all I had. And it will it will burn if it's greener than that, but it will take a lot more yeah. heat to get it going, and it doesn't put out as much heat, and it's smokier. So. Although there's nothing I hate more than going to a, a campsite where you have to buy the wood there, which I get, but it's annoying, and then it's like stupid, stupid dry. So like one bag will burn in like 20 minutes. <laughs> Or they give you cedar or something. It buys or it burns up fast. I had the exact opposite problem in a camping trip earlier earlier this year where it was so wet that it wouldn't light. And it was just, it was absolutely. uh, I I had that when uh, going way back in the the CPP Liberty or Death days, we did the the bug out where we all just decided to see if we could still hack it, even though we're all older and spend a night in the woods in winter. And hoping it would be like minus 20 and dry, it was like, plus five and a foot of water. Oh. We we could not get a fire to go to save our lives. I mean, it was miserable. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> so, yeah. Not fun when you have wet wood. No. 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 <laughs> Just not, not going Wait, there. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> hey, Eric, are we explicit yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going to hit the button. Uh, yeah. I have found the exact opposite in my life, Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else on the panel have anything else to throw in for fuel storage? Huh? I mean, don't store it in something that looks like your water cans, just to be safe. Yeah, Clearly idea. label them as different things. Yep. I mean, and, it's a no-brainer, but... Well, it's uh, got to be said for a reason. Do yourself a favor. Like, yellow gas can, yellow fuel cans are for diesel. Red fuel cans are for gasoline. Don't put diesel in gas cans. Don't put gas in diesel cans. And it doesn't matter if you... Don't uh, put water in either. Yeah, I don't put water in yeah. either of them. They got blue ones for that, so yeah, yeah. Just, just standardize that early, um, and don't uh, yeah, like don't leave your stuff lying around. I, I left uh, I left some some gas for my weed whacker. Uh, ended up a couple of years old, and uh, all of a sudden my weed whacker wouldn't start. And then you know, three weeks later, I put new stuff in, and uh, all the fuel lines were rotten. So that was uh, yikes. You know that's yep. that's the, the lesson that's there. Keep your fuel fresh. Well, even then, okay. I, I think with the jerry cans, I got like a dedicated fifty-one can that's clearly marked, and it's a small one because I only keep so, you know a tiny bit of pre-mixed gas, yeah. like one gallon size. That way, it's it's rotated a little faster because yeah, the chainsaws actually barely burn anything. Like surprisingly, you can right. run that thing for a couple hours and not even burn like a, a quarter gallon. Well, yeah, I mean, so. I use my generator to to deliver a uh, what is it? Adventure Smart programming the other day, and like we had to do it outside because of the coronas and so when i got home i took like the fuel that wasn't burned put it back into my cherry can and then was just burning what was still just sitting in the car and i mean it still went for 20 minutes on like you know a thimble's worth of gas so yeah they were pretty good yeah so move to the podcast challenge oh wait that's me that's um, you try to have your previously uh, encouraged, I think that word should probably be uh, acquired, gas cans, uh, jerry cans rotated, expiry dated for your inventory. Um, you can be like Hughes and do it every week. You can be like me and try and do it every month. Um, but rotate your gas cans. Uh, make sure that you're using the high octane stuff and that it is stabilized in some way. That's your challenge for the week. Let us know how you did. Feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. If you want to encourage your jerry cans, go for it. Well, I think we encourage them people to have them. Maybe that's what. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Can it be the little Jerry that could? I think they can. I'm sure. Oh, bad. that's worse than a dad joke. 
All right, upcoming events. All right, so we got the uh, BC Sportsman Show. I didn't have anything else to put in there for the upcoming events. Uh, March 5th to the 7th of 2021, Corona's dependent, of course. Uh, link in the show notes for that. It's in Abbotsford, which is in the uh, Fraser Valley for BC. All right, and shout outs. I've uh, got one for uh, new Patreon Brad, so thanks a lot. Appreciate you signing up and uh, helping us with paying some of the bills. I appreciate you too, Brad. <laughs> All right, as for myself, uh, new listener Ed. I just made a CGN deal with him as well, and I just got to contact from uh, a new listener Jesse, who's actually working on his ham radio license. So I managed to share some nice. uh, study material with him. So good luck on your studying there, Jesse. Hope it all works out well for you. Uh, let us know if you have any questions. I'm sure between yeah. all the people on the panel, you could probably answer it half-assed at least. <laughs> Specifically, Eric. He is such a Specifically, nerd. Eric. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah, get my no. pocket protector out. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't come to me for that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else have any shout-outs? That's all I got. No, I don't like people. <laughs> Fair enough. Neither do I. <laughs> Except Brad. Except Brad. Brad's awesome. <laughs> all right. We'll move into uh, email and iTunes reviews. So we've got uh, one new review from uh, Northern Michigan. It says, I love the format. Uh, useful info. Never a waste of time. Keep up the good work. It's my new fave. I'm glad at least one person thinks this is a waste of time. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> it's good. Awesome. Right. And with that, I'll bring episode number 90 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out, submit a review. It helps other people find us. We do record these shows live and uncut Facebook on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, uh, find us either on, on either of those stations by searching Canadian Prepper Podcast, click the notifications tab. That will give you an alert when we're going live. You can contact me directly on Instagram at PPSWO or by email Alan with one L at prepperpodcast.ca. And I can be reached at HFX at prepper, sorry, HFX prepper at gmail.com. And I also have my own YouTube channel. Just search for HFX prepper. Don't say it. Just don't. <laughs> you can uh, find me on the Instagram once again. I, I got deplatformed for a little bit. So the old account. Urbex underscore GTA is dead. It's now just Urbex GTA, no underscore. Or Ragnarok Tactical. Use the code Gavin10 for a discount on some stuff. Long live the new uh, handle on yeah. Instagram. Eh? <laughs> yeah. The king is dead. Long live the king. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at the uh, the Western Retreat at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Canadian Patriot Podcast with Gavin. We record on iTunes and YouTube. There you can find us discussing why government waste and society in general makes me want to stockpile gas. Oh, jeez. I've, I've, been, I've been told that I'm going to get a little drunk and go on that tomorrow night and rant as well. It's going to be great. Yep. Excellent. You are always welcome. Yep. <laughs> All right, please uh, check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. Uh, you can get me there on the live chat while you're buying some prepper gear. You can also email me at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So thanks for joining us this evening, and until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning.